Hello, lupine lovers, and welcome back to yet another episode of Summer Twilight Book Club, the podcast where your two best friends um, read the horniest books of their teenage years, except this time we're and not reading. And also watch movies. This time we're not we reading. Movies. We subjected ourselves to New Moon, the film. The film for you. Yeah, we did. We did. I subject myself to a lot of bonus content as well. They did do uh, that two, for you. I did two not. Discs. I am Cat. also, by oh, the way. Yeah, that's that's Cat. Um, and this is Sahana. And I'm Sahana. And I use they, them pronouns. Yeah, I was, waiting, I, was, her. I was waiting for you to do that, but then I was like, do they want me to say what their pronouns are? <laughs> um, no, um... But real quick, if this is your first episode listening to Summer Twilight Book Club, just maybe stop. Yeah. Don't. Well, you could start here, but if you don't know the plot of the first two books, then I wouldn't start here because we're not going to re-summarize the entire movie. We're just going to kind of talk about it. And also, this episode is going to be way less structured and way more chaotic than a normal episode, which is saying a lot because our normal yeah. episodes are pretty fucking chaotic, but this because one is like... Like take notes this time. No hands on the handlebars of the motorbike that Bella Swan is riding for this episode. Yeah. Hands I'm standing up even. Free. Yeah. Standing up. Hey, you know how sometimes just go with me God, here. God, where is this going just, already? Just go with me here. You know how when you go to the circus, there is uh sometimes one of the You can ride acts, elephants or camels. Oh, never mind. Oh, no. You know how sometimes one of the acts at the circus is like, it'll be like a lady in a dress standing on a horse's saddle while the horse is like running around the ring. Okay. Yes, but also when was the last time you went to the circus? <laughs> Literally never. I don't think I've like... ever been to the circus. My point, listen, let me You said it this. like it's something that everyone has, you know, like, you I know... Just... How every couple years with your parents you go to the circus? Like we are all want to. I have never. Listen, but in in the like cultural zeitgeist, what might have in that Ryan Murphy show I watch? In Big Fish. Yeah, essentially in Big Fish, you're like, isn't there a circus uh, season of American Horror Story? That's what I said. Or in Ryan oh, Murphy's show. Oh yeah, yeah, sorry, I was too busy um, talking. It's like a carnival or something. I don't fucking know. I, yeah, I think it's and, called um, like Freaks or something bullshit. Yeah, I think it was Freak Show. Isn't that isn't Lady Gaga in that? I don't know, but the the one dude with the swoopy <laughs> hair and the sad puppy eyes, he sings "Come as You Are," but like in a circus tent. That's the only thing I've ever seen from American Horror Story. <laughs> Circuses just make me think about Brendan Urie. Oh, what? yeah, no, that's, I, listen, that's a reasonable mental leap to make. Okay, anyway, can I take this back? About the moves. reason that I brought this up is because I would love for Bella Swan to ride a motorcycle standing up on the seat. Anyway, that's, that's what I was trying <laughs> to say. This episode's going to be four years long and I can't wait. <laughs> Okay, well, we're here to talk about New Moon, and you can tell that we've both spent our weekend watching fucking New Moon and being stoned, so here we are. Listen, the, the brain worms, they're real, they've been fed well this weekend. Okay, so I guess before we start talking about it, um, first of all, this is a new director, Chris White, um, who has the weirdest history Please. of film of all time. So, like, okay, if I told you... I'm gonna give you a a pop quiz. Okay. Which of these which of these movies? Okay. Do you think that Chris White's also directed? Oh boy! All right. Okay. American Pie. Oh, huh. Rogue One. 
Godzilla 2014 remake with, uh, you know. Or all of the above. It's gotta be all of them. The answer is for sure every single one of those movies oh, one was more. a Chris White joint. And about a boy. What? The same person who directed About a Boy, directed American Pie, and Rogue One. Oh, and also and Godzilla, Godzilla 2014. And New Moon and Golden Compass. And wrote the movie Ants. What? And, like, The Clumps 2 or something. I... what? Whew. Oh, boy. Okay. So, do you have any Do you have any other New Moon trivia for me? I have so much, but I'm going to pepper it throughout. All right, great. So, um, first of all, what did you think of the movie overall? Overall, I think it was, like, less... It was less chaotic, I feel, than Twilight. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think... I will say that I think this movie really benefits from having Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson interact as little as possible. Yeah, that's probably true. I do want to say for people listening that Sahana watched the extended cut. And I watched the regular cut, but I saw all the extended scenes because I watched all of the bonus content yeah. on two separate bonus content DVDs um, that my coworker lent me. Shout out to my coworker. Shout out to um, your coworker. Uh, but uh, yeah, that. So we might talk about scenes a little bit differently because we had literal different versions. Different versions. Of the movie. Well, because here's the thing: I was like, if I'm gonna have to pay real human money. For this movie, which I did because Hulu took it off of streaming because, listen, the world is a nightmare. Um, So I had to pay four real dollars to watch this movie. And I said to myself, if the extended cut of this movie is also four dollars to rent, then why not pay the same amount of money for additional content? I... I don't blame you. Yeah, listen, I... You're economical. But, uh, I... Yeah, so I tweeted i think after watching it i said twilight was more of what i like about the twilight series now and new moon is more of what i liked for the twilight series as a teenager you didn't tweet that you texted it to me i texted it to you (laughs) i should have tweeted it (laughs) but yeah i um the other thing that i will say is that so like this i think of all of the books is the one that has the most like iconic like sad emotional scene um, and mm-hmm. it has no emotional impact at all in the movie. Like, literally Want a fun zero. fact about that? Yes. So when they were recording the breakup scene, mm-hmm. there they was, like, a flight school nearby, so airplanes kept going overhead, <gasps> like, constantly, and they had to keep cutting. And also, there were, like, endless mosquitoes that they had to just pretend were not oh constantly biting them. <laughs> That is amazing. <laughs> it is no wonder that both of them for the entire scene look like they're in physical pain and it is because they are being bitten by mosquitoes. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so I, okay, I have to say, I think I actually kind of liked this movie. Like, there's a, for but... first of all, for, well, I don't mean liked it like, Oh, I think this is, like, a good film. But I do think it did some things really well. It did say, except for a few changes, which I can kind of complain about, um, it stayed pretty true to, like, really true to the book. Yeah, there were a couple of changes that were important, I think. Yeah, there were a couple changes that were important and that I I don't know how I feel about some of them yet and some other ones I have strong feelings about. Mm -hmm. Um, For the most part, I mean, 
to the heart of the book, at least, it was, like, very, very accurate. Um, the extended se- version, in some parts more so, in some parts less so. Um, it... I I liked the aesthetic of it. I thought it was really pretty. Um, which is partially just where they shot. They shot in a different location and then had to like composite in like some of the old stuff, like the school. Yeah. When they're in the parking lot, the school's not there. It's just a composite image of the school. <laughs> like imposed onto a green screen. That's incredible. <laughs> um there's uh yeah, um, and yeah. Oh, also, did you know it's Lautner? Oh, I've always pronounced it Lautner. Me too, but he he's like, hey, it's Taylor Lautner here. Taylor Lautner. Like, Ooh. Taylor. Also, Jacob's voice. Okay, I never heard Taylor Lautner's voice before. It is not what I expected. Yes, it to you be. have. He's in the first movie. But I meant, like, before, like, I thought it would be, like, more so now. Mm-mm. I don't know. He talks in the first movie, but he's just not as much in it. And this time I was, like, way more focusing on, on it. I, listen, we... Like, in the first movie, he's, like, 15 years old. So speaking I thought it would be, like, of, deeper by the time he's 17. Jacob and Teeny Tiny, can I just throw in for a moment? Uh-huh. Jacob, in... Per- there's, like, one scene in particular where he's shirtless and it's really egregious. But for a man... With traps the size of Texas and, like, huge <laughs> fucking dinner plate pecs, his nipples are tiny. <laughs> they are so small. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Like, well, they talk about the shirtlessness, too. They're like, they had to always be shirtless because it, it, it says so in the books. It does basically. say so in the... Well, and the, the hilarious... The shorts! The, 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 shor- the, the jorts. fucking shorts... Oh my god! Okay, okay. No, I need to. I need Every to say something. Every single one of them is so, really long, George. So I was watching. I was watching this movie with my friend Court, who, as we saw the scene where um, <laughs> Jacob fucking parkours into Bella's window, which who, Taylor Lautner actually did. Uh, I mean, he was like attached to stuff, but like that, like that was him. It wasn't a stunt double. That's amazing. He did he all was, his own stunts. He so he parkours into Bella's window, and I'm like, is this motherfucker wearing shorts? And Court is like, yeah, isn't there a part of the book where Jacob talks about how he like ties shorts around his ankle because it's easier than carrying them in his mouth? And I was like, what are you talking about? That did not happen in this book, right? Because I we would have talked about it. But so then I think it does happen. I'm pretty sure it has to happen in Eclipse because I feel like we absolutely would have talked about it had there been a part of New Moon where Jacob was like, yeah, I just tie a pair of shorts around my ankles. Because so, it's easier than carrying extra clothes in my mouth. So then she looked it up, and it is in fact true. He does. And and so my question here is, like, does he just, like, slip his little wolf paw, like, through, like, a belt loop? Is he, like, carrying his jorts inside a bag that's, like, gingerly tied no, to his ankle? I think he. I think he always has it tied to his ankle, and then when he turns wolf, it just, it doesn't expand like the rest of him does. So it's just fine. <laughs> So Jacob just has a <laughs> That has to look so weird. Are they like how are they tied? Are they just dragging on the ground? Like Are they like tied inside of his pant leg? Man, okay. So the other thing that I wanna say about about um muscular muscular Taylor Lautner is that 
in comparison, the scene at the very end where Edward is like being restrained by the Volturi guard and he's like shirtless and you can see his abs, they are so clearly drawn on with makeup. Like those are not Robert Pattinson's <laughs> real abs. And I know because he looks like George Michael Bluth in the Adam suit. Like <laughs> I'm sure he had some abs and then they like weighed. <laughs> he just like, like contoured the fuck out of his chest. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, okay, so into the movie. So they start off with like a new moon. Like fucking little like, ass symbolism. Yeah, like an actual moon and then it like slowly whatever. And the director, Chris White, said that was because he had just gone to a Neil deGrasse Tyson lecture no. who was complaining about parts of the Titanic that were inaccurate or something like that. Oh and so he, he was would. like, so Chris White was like, I have to get it right. I have to portray this phase of the moon correctly. So they go through, like... <laughs> They go all the way from full moon to new moon, and, like, as the moon is dimming, the words, like, show up across the screen. It's horrible. Um, can we I don't talk about- I don't think it's horrible, though. I think it's, like, it's weird, but it's, like, it's the genre. It's a teen- it's a dramatic teen I, It is a thematic like, teen movie. That's fair. It, like, it, it what does are you ju- What genre. scale are you judging it on? That's fair. Like, um, I- I think I had, like, blocked out of my brain how bad the sparkle effects are. The sparkle effects do not get any better. They are so miserable. They are so bad. They're so, so bad. Um, But I also don't know how they could have made it look any better. Like, I just, I honestly feel like they would have had better luck, like, dousing him in body glitter and then shining a light on him instead of, like, trying to put them in in post. So they were talking about that and they were like... They're like, well, we had tried different ways of, like, altering his face, but some of them make Rob, who normally is a very good-looking guy, <laughs> look really ugly, basically. They managed to do that in this movie anyway. I know, but I just thought it was funny. They're like, we tried a bunch of different stuff, but some of it just made him look really ugly. ugly. Oh my god. Okay, also, court so the first scene opens. Yeah, the first scene opens like the book does with the yeah, her like dream with her grandma and all of that yeah and she's like oh she's the grandma's actually me i'm old um which i the one thing that court pointed out to me that i wouldn't have noticed otherwise is that edward does not show up in the mirror like when they're standing in front of the mirror and it's like young bella mm-hmm. looking at herself who is like old bella but she thinks it's her grandma like they're standing next to each other in front of the mirror and he doesn't appear in the mirror but then later, when she takes a picture of him, he shows up in the picture. So what is the well, truth? Well, one of them is in a dream. <laughs> and one of them is in her real Listen, life. I, so I think that has nothing to do with anything. Continuity or nothing. Oh, um, uh, yeah, your dreams must be accurate, like the deleted scene we'll talk about later. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, um, no. So, yeah. But I thought that scene was done pretty well, though. I thought it was, like, a cool interpretation of the book scene. It was... I feel like you're a lot more generous in your read of this movie than I am. Um, I feel like you're being overly harsh on this. (laughs) You're acting like it needs to be a piece of art. I think I just, I think by the time, I think maybe it's also because I watched it literally like a couple of hours ago, so I'm still reeling. I think maybe had I had a whole day to like reflect on it, I might feel a little bit more judicious. Um, I feel like, yeah, I don't know. But I also watched it by myself, so it was just, like, chilling watching a movie while, like, very stoned and eating candy, so. Oh, that's good. I made a whole bowl of popcorn and then I ate some Fig Newtons. I wish I had popcorn. We only have kettle corn and I hate kettle corn. You hate kettle corn? 
I think Kelicorn is the worst food on the planet, that, actually. Yeah, I don't think. I'm not I'm not kidding. It's the food that makes me the angriest. Why? I feel like like Ron Swanson talking about skim milk. It's <laughs> just like <laughs> skim milk is the, is the water that's pretending to pretending. be milk. Yeah, kind of. Or just like it's just I get so excited, I'm like, oh shit, cool, so I made popcorn, and then I put it in my mouth, and I'm like, this is disgusting. Not only do I have to eat this thing that I don't like, but I also have to experience the disappointment of not having popcorn. You don't <laughs> have to eat it. Or do you just mean the one mouthful that you The already- one mouthful before I realize it's, it's kettle corn. Because it's hard to tell the difference at first, because at first it just smells like fresh, like, popped popcorn, and then you eat it, and you're like, this is sweet garbage. I like kettle Do you, how do you feel about caramel corn? Caramel corn is fine. Okay, all right. Uh, It's not like weirdly lightly sweet that tastes like popcorn went bad or something. (laughs) I hate kettle corn so much. (laughs) This is, I think this is perhaps your hottest food take. (laughs) It sucks. Kettle corn is the worst and goat cheese is the best cheese. Goat cheese is perhaps the best cheese. I may agree with you there. I do okay. love a goat cheese. Um, whew, okay, all right. So Anyway, I like the dorky humans being present in the movie I, in a way that they don't get to be in the book. I love that Anna Kendrick is like, if you take this picture of me and my nose looks big, you're going to Photoshop it, right? <laughs> I love everything that Anna Kendrick does. Also, um, well, yes, there's Anna Kendrick. It's a really also, good scene further in this movie. But also, the, wait, okay, so but my question is, who is using a physical photo album in the year 2002? Isn't that... What... Or 2012. Sorry. Wait, what... I, do, I think it takes... But I think it's supposed to take place in the same year that the books take, books are. But, like... She has a digital camera like that. 2000, 2009, sorry, is when this movie came out. Um, I think it's supposed to take place a few years before, though, but I could but be wrong. But still, I feel like... Okay, so if this movie came out in 2009... But it was supposed to be taking place in, like, 2007. Are we really supposed to believe that Bella and her friends would not be the kind of teenagers that put, like, blingy graphics over pictures for MySpace? Like, she's really, she's really, like, taking physical photos. I have a physical photo album from when I was in middle school. Do you really? You're in it. Yeah. Am I? Yeah, oh. I have pictures of you. There are pictures from elementary school, so there's that. Mm. Oh boy, <laughs> there's that. Um, the like slow mo walk up that Edward does from the Volvo to where she's standing. It's also a different Volvo. It is I a different. It wasn't Volvo. even a Volvo at first. He yeah. has like an SUV Volvo now. This, how hard are you trying not to say Volvo? <laughs> <laughs> not at all. <laughs> so if I am, then new movie, that's new fine. Volvo. Um. So okay, so we yeah, trans experience. He's a he's 109 years old, and then he goes maybe, and she's like maybe I shouldn't be dating such an old man. I should be disgusted. Yes, bitch. Of course you should. We've been over this. God, um, that part was really funny. And okay, so this is also their first kiss in the whole movie. And immediately I was watching this, and I was like, how did we not know watching the kiss scene that Kristen Stewart is just full homo, like full (laughs) homo? I there is. Like, Kristen Stewart, God bless her, I love her dearly, is the least convincing heterosexual I have maybe ever seen. <laughs> I 
The funny thing is, is like I feel like her and Robert Pattinson off screen have much better chemistry. It's like <laughs> on screen they have nothing, but I think it's because off screen they can just kind of like have like weird gay energy together. Yes. And um, uh, but uh, so then Jacob shows Kristen up. Stewart. Kristen Stewart has grown a lot though because in the extent like in some of the bonus material, uh, she was talking about how she doesn't do well in water, mm-hmm. and now she's in that underwater. Oh, she's in the, yeah, yeah, that submarine movie. Um, with a There's really, monsters really probably. good gay haircut. Um, oh, yeah. I still haven't seen Charlie's Angels, um, which is yeah. A also, crime. so yeah, Jacob shows up and oh my uh, god, Bella says out loud, uh, "Come to school with the pale face." <laughs> yes, she. I lost my mind. She before she says, "Oh, you came to hang out with the yeah, come to like switch schools and come hang out with the pale faces." Before that, she says to him, and I quote, "Hello, biceps." Yeah, while her arms around Edward, and Edward looks so upset. He looks so unhappy. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, so she is like, "Come hang out with the pale faces." And then, literally, like, 30 seconds after that, he gives her a dream catcher. I can't. I cannot. They really made these movies somehow, like, even more racist than they Listen, when we in some ways, get to Harry's line when they're about to go fishing, I, list, I lost my mind. There, is, there are two really distinct, like, absolutely, like, bewildering racist moments in this movie, and I can't wait to get to them, because it's just Yeah, I will say one thing that was kind of fun to listen to, though, is I was listening to all the bonus content with the Wolfpack actors talking about it, and it was, like, really fun to see them, because unlike randomly Taylor Lautner, who is not, like, I don't understand, every other person who's playing, like, you know, like, uh, playing one of the people of the tribe is... Actually, actually like from a tribe yeah like they all are either first nations or, or native american like every single one mm-hmm. of them but then jacob is not and so like all the other guys are talking about it they're like yeah we had a lot of fun like it's really meaningful for us to play these role like this role and get this opportunity to play like a slightly less stereotyped uh <laughs> role and they were like yeah like i got really excited when i saw the set because i was like yeah these houses like th- this reminds me of like the actual places that i grew up in like it's really accurate in that way and they're like yeah you know i was praying one of them said um i think it's like i i don't remember who said it one of them said, yeah, you know, I was, like, praying for, like, permission to play this other tribe, like, someone from this other tribe. Um, You know, I really took take this seriously, representing, a, a, you know, a tribe I'm not from. Yeah. And I'm like, and I'm like, these boys are all too good for they're this movie. Way too, they're way too good but for I'm this movie. But I'm glad they got this opportunity. No. Like, I know it's probably a great opportunity for them, like, in their lives, but I'm just like, God, I hope that you all deserve better. They I hope deserve better really than Stephanie lives. Meyer. Um, yeah, apparently Billy, Charlie told Billy that it's Bella's birthday, which I don't understand. Um, and then he gives her a dream catcher and then they go into school. Well, and Bella's just offhand. Jumps. She probably was like, oh, it's Bella's birthday. I don't know what to do. Yeah. Uh, they go inside. Alice jumps over the railing of the staircase uh-huh. and it's bananas. Cool. Yeah. Um, and then Jasper manipulates Bella into saying yes to going to a birthday party. He looks so evil when he does it. His hair is really bad. Jasper's hair it looks is like unforgivably bad. It looks like if we had just let early Justin Timberlake's hair go wild. The hair is really bad. Like. Then they go to class and they watch Romeo and Juliet. Um, 
Also, yeah, like they watch it in class instead of at home. I yes, I love and everyone looks so horny for it. It's except so for Mike, who's the only one that has a reasonable teenage response to watching Romeo and Juliet in class. I feel like that's he's like young. I have okay, Mike. <laughs> okay, the actor who plays him is also named Michael or Mike. I'm not sure uh-huh. which. Um, I don't remember his last name, but. He is hilarious to me in that, like, he is just that character. Like, Jesus. every, like, everything I saw with him off screen is him, like, really being like, my personality is that I'm in Twilight. <laughs> and, like, oh he's like, yeah, you know, like, I don't get recognized on the stream much, but yeah, the fans, it's just crazy, you know, like, whatever. And just like, yeah, like, I was in Twilight, you know, like, and I'm just like, you just are Mike. Like, you are this character. And he plays it really well. Like, and he's, because he's grading in the books, but then he's so much, like, so grading in the movie so i have to give that extra credit for doing a spot on mike newton Jesus. um i love that d- during this scene bella says unprompted that she hates being celebrated like no but like that like, is not in the extended cut i don't believe oh yeah no one says anything and they're literally just all sitting there in silence like no like nobody absolutely nobody bella swan you know what i hate i hate being celebrated like, she's, it's like when someone is like, nobody talk to me, I'm upset. Like, no talk to me, I'm angry. Like, that's Bella Swan in that moment. And then she's like, isn't Juliet just, like, beautiful if you like that, like, straightforward, classically beautiful thing? Like, she's waiting for that Edward to compliment her. It's horrifying. I feel like the version you watched, like, it's not, like, that part happens, but it's not exactly like that. And the first part, I don't think happens in the regular cut. <laughs> So I feel like you're also just judging this movie on a movie that it isn't. <laughs> Listen, the scenes exist and therefore I will judge them. Um, yes, but they did cut them out. Yeah, so and then, this like, actually maybe not. It's fair. Uh, Edward goes on like a whole diatribe about how much he wants to be able to die. And then there's like a flashback to when Bella almost died. And he was like, I had to think of something. Um, and then he recites some Shakespeare and everybody's panties probably got really wet. Uh... It was so, that part was so weird. And then it, like, cuts to them in Carlisle's study looking at the painting of the Volturi, and then suddenly we've all blue skidooed into the painting. Like, I... I thought that was cool. <laughs> we, I thought it was cool. Like, I thought it was a cool storytelling technique. different reads on this movie. It's amazing. What's, like, wrong with that? It was just, like, to show us, like, these people instead of having to hear Edward describe it all and just watch a plain painting do nothing. That's, okay. That would be so boring to watch. That is fair enough. Also, why is Kristen Stewart's hand in her mouth so often? Like... She does, she does bite her lip. Everyone in this movie, not just Kristen Stewart, everyone bites their lips, like, a lot. But also, we kind of sound like parents being like, stop doing that. What are you doing with your your mouth? Stop it. Stop it. People aren't going to like you if you do that. (laughs) Um, And then... Yeah. So we get to the classic scene, you know, where it, things don't go well at the party and she gets fucking... So when Edward, like, knocks her to the table... Okay, when I read it, I pictured it like he just, like, pushed her aside a little bit and there was a table, like, directly behind her that she, like, tripped and fell into. Yeah, that's what's he supposed to happen. He slams her yeah, across the he, room. he, like, pounces like, and, like, her pushes. It's, it's ridiculous. If he pushed her that hard, I feel like she would have like he would have like broken a rib or something. I guess he pushes her for the top of her body, but still, but it's so still, he would have like cracked her sternum. 
Yeah, it's wild. He just throws her across the room yeah. and then she slams into some glass and then he fights Jasper and it's very like It's really it's, stupid. It's wild. And then it's Yeah, it's very funny. I was kinda of wondering how they're gonna act that out though, because I'm like how is Jackson Rathbone gonna do this? Like, uh, suddenly I'm snarling at you, shit. And it was very goofy. It was Jackson yeah, Rathbone always looks constipated. <laughs> so then they, everybody leaves the room, and Carlisle's like, "Edward, you have to leave. Go check on Jasper." And there's like a there's like a like a three second shot of him staring at Bella, and he looks like he wants to eat her. Like straight up, he's like, "I'm really fighting my impulses here. I could just eat her right now, and it would be fine." Yeah, I, I liked that. I feel like, I feel like Robert Pattinson does the best with what he is given. It's true. He's really, I listen, he's trying. Um, like some of the, some of the stuff sounds so fucking dumb, but then I'm also like, there's no way that could have sounded good. Right. It's like, not, it's not entirely their fault. Like they are really working with some pretty poor source materials. So I have to give them credit for doing the best that they can here. Um, um, Bella seems so horny for Carlisle in this whole Yes! Thing. Oh my god! Why are her hands on his waist? Like, she is giving Carlisle way more sexy face than she has given Robert Pattinson for this whole entire movie. And my question is, it is it because Carlisle kind of looks like a middle-aged lesbian? <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> I feel like that's Kristen's type. My other Some, question sometimes. for you is, did you, were you paying close attention to the paintings on Carlisle's wall? Because no. one of them features what I am fairly certain is like a Garden of Earthly Delight style painting in which a cat is coming out of someone's vagina. Like, for <laughs> sure, I think that's what's happening in the painting. What is that fucking artist's Bosch. name? Okay, yeah. Hieronymus Bosch. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Boston, getting I that. Know. Do you remember get like I don't I don't know if it was like fucking masterworks or what the fuck it was, but somehow album got a album or like I won't say their name. Some other person went to school with, um, got like maybe it was Zeman, whatever. Someone got this calendar with like a bunch of Bosch paintings <laughs> on them. And we were all like, look at this, and all okay. the boys, we, all the boys in my them? class were like, oh, fucking <laughs> looking at it. <laughs> Way more than titties. Real <laughs> fucked yeah, up like stuff. a whole lot of stuff is happening in that painting. It's not just titties. But can we, do we need to pause for a moment to explain what Masterworks is? I haven't thought about Masterworks in like, <laughs> like a thousand years. <laughs> Master I remember that there was the only time I saw like a sky turn like the first time I ever saw a sky turn green from like a tornado in my life was during Masterworks. <laughs> okay, so Masterworks was this thing in elementary school where I'm like, I'm pretty sure it was just somebody's mom. I know it was somebody's mom because I remember whose mom it was. But I Came? think it was like not just a thing from our school. Like I think that's like a thing. I, if anyone else... It might have been, like, volunteers. Okay, but But so someone's mom ran this program where they would come into our classrooms and for, like, one or two hours we would all, like, learn about art. Like, they would, like, bring, like, printed out posters of, like, different paintings and we would, like, learn about them. And sometimes there were games. Like, I remember a game where the, like, posters were all placed around the room and we were all in teams of two and every team of two got little slips of paper with names of the paintings on them and you had to like run around the room and match the painting to the title and whoever won the game then got a printout of prop 
probably you know what happened is that whoever had that calendar won that game and then they got a painting of the Garden of Earthly Delights calendar. Why are we looking at that? I, I don't know, man. If it anyone, might have been that. It might have been like someone. Oh my god, you're right. It's you're right. You're absolutely okay. It was more than just I think um, our school. I, okay, I think it's more than just our school, but it was like our citywide. Okay. And I just found out whose mom did it. Oh and yeah, I'm dying. I I'm we dying. we gotta we gotta confirm offline. Um, but um, <laughs> if, if anyone else, if anyone listening to this podcast had something similar to Masterworks when they were in elementary school, please tell us about it. Like I need to know. Yeah. How did we get this off track? Right, cat vagina Carlisle study. Okay, um, <laughs> we just listen really off track here. Um, okay, so, you know, we're gonna skip ahead a bit, so we get to the part, you know, everything goes bad. Hold on, Jeff wait, tries to attack- we need, I need it, wait, they're, like, when he's on his way driving her home? You have an extended version of this also, this is not what, how it actually, they don't have this scene. Do you, do you not have the scene where he's driving her home from the party, because there's we a We have really this scene, but it's completely different. Okay. It's, like- because he, yeah. there's a part where he says, uh, she's, like, talking about how she's going to have to lie to cover up the injury, which is just textbook abuse. So, like, that's fucking yikes. Um, and then he says, if I were a normal boyfriend, I wouldn't have to fight the urge to kill you, which also, holy yikes. He has that. He has that line. Okay. But he doesn't have the line before that where he's like, I wouldn't have pushed you into, like, a glass. I wouldn't have, like, yeah. done this. He doesn't have, like, the extended version of that. And then she's all like, I don't want normal. I want to constantly be in danger of dying. That's what I want. Horrible. Um, um, then they go home, and she's like, it's still my birthday, kiss me. And then they have the most disgusting kiss. The noises that they are making during this kiss. I, oh, oh. I can hear the noises, but my, again, I had my headphones in. Yeah. Um, um, my headphones are kind of shitty. I watched it on my, like, I watched it on my TV with the sound on, and it had captions, so the captions told me what noises they were making. Just, That's like, horror, like, just, like, I'm not even gonna recreate it, because it, like, makes me want to die, but just a lot yeah, of, like, and gasping and, like, breathy moaning. Yeah. It's, like, So, really anyways, so we see her yeah. fold a picture of them in half and, like, tape it into a book, and it looks really stupid because it's folded in half, and then it gets to the scene where, um, he, like, he, they do it in the opposite order, like, he takes all her stuff before he breaks up yes. with her. Um, which is fine, honestly, it doesn't really matter. But it is way um, creepier when you, like, see the scene of him going into her room and, like, taking the picture out of the scrapbook. Oh, yeah, it is really weird. It's very weird. Yeah. But, yeah, so then we get to, um... The breakup scene. Yeah, the breakup scene, which this is, I think I said this in our pre-content stuff. Um, apparently, in the recording of the scene when they're breaking up... There was, like, all these airplanes going overhead, so they had to keep cutting because it was just, like, crazy loud airplanes. And then they also were getting constantly bitten by mosquitoes. There were, like, hundreds of mosquitoes surrounding them. And so that's how the scene was recorded. Okay, uh, can we talk for, like, a moment about the fact that Edward is wearing a fucking two-piece suit to go break up with yes. his girlfriend yes. in the woods. Yep. He's wearing he's fucking supposed to be 17. Yes. Like, and pretending to be 17 and he's wearing a fucking suit. Like, there were for sure dudes that we went to high school with that would, like, come to high school in suits for no reason but it, like, wasn't, like, it, it, it was not somebody who's supposed to be as, like, popular and enigmatic as Edward Cullen. 
And it wasn't like a tailored suit. No. It was like they were. It was like dorky and yes. and some or sometimes it was for sports. Oh um, yeah, I remember when they had to do that for sports. Um, um but yeah, it's so. It's it, like, and he's it, also like wearing it to go in the woods. It's so weird. And there, like, okay, there is truly like not even one lick of emotionality in his delivery of the breakup. Like, just none at all. Yeah, I saw all these... Well, I kind of thought that was on purpose, though, because I thought that was supposed to be, like, him trying to, like, mask all his emotions by being Okay, I could have believed that up until the point where... So, you know in the book how she's like... And then there's this... Like, he breaks up with her. He's like, I'm leaving. You're never going to see me again. And then he's like, promise me that you're not going to do anything reckless. And she says that, like, when he asks her to promise, like, not to hurt herself, that he, like... Like, the, like, the mask cracks and she can, like, see the emotion and he's, like, there for another second and, like, then he gets all cold and steely again. There is no change in delivery, so. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard, too, because it's, like, I wouldn't even know if I would recognize it going back because I never felt like he had much emotion to begin with. Yeah, I just, I really, really I really, this scene, I feel like I have never seen two less heterosexual people trying to have a convincing heterosexual interaction. Yeah, and I was going to say, Kristen Stewart talking about it was like, she said that she thought this scene was going to be really emotional, but it really wasn't. She said that in her experience, her, like, reasoning for it, because Kristen Stewart on, like, the extras takes everything so fucking seriously, which I don't mean as a negative thing. I just mean, like, she's, like, all her answers are, like, really thoughtful and deep, and she literally has thought about it a lot, which is funny because it doesn't necessarily come across as much as she probably, I think, wanted it to. Mm-hmm. But she's, like, yeah. But I actually think her reasoning was, like, really showed a good understanding of the character. It's just funny to watch it because it's just, like, well, okay. Um... And she was like, yeah, I thought it was a really emotional scene, but I found myself in that scene just, like, not believing him. I was just like, this doesn't make sense. I'm very confused what's going on. And then it was in the next scene when he's gone and I'm just alone in the woods. That was when I started to, like, actually feel the emotion of it when it was like, I'm walking around these woods and there's nothing and no one there. And I was like, okay, okay. I can do, I can I can go with that. I understand it's that. still it's still not a very impactful scene though. Right. And I will say that, that that actually helps a little bit because when I was watching there's like at the very end of the breakup, there's a part where she says don't but she delivers don't in the tone of no, wait, stop. Like Yeah. <laughs> like I like there's like several times in this movie where she just says something really quietly, like when Jacob first shows up and she turns back to Ever and she's like, What? Uh <laughs> Like, what? Oh my god, Jacob, what? Uh, like, and it's so funny. It's right. so funny to me. So then she yeah. trips and the she... The walking in the woods scene is so weird. And it, I felt, I thought that scene was so weird. I just, like, I, I, it didn't really feel like anything. It made less sense to me than it did in the books. Like, in the books when she was just, like, walking in the woods, I can, like, almost, like, it, it's stupid, but, like, I can kind of get it. It just looks like she got, like, Lost, confused or, like, pulled yeah. to in a direction and just started walking in the woods. Like, there's no, like, oh, I don't know what to do. Like, it's just, like, I'm walking in the woods now, and then I f- tripped, and then I laid down on the ground. And I'm like, I don't understand what you're doing. Yeah, so then, like, Sam carries her out of the woods, uh... Charlie puts her in her bed upside down and then, like, wraps her into a little blanket burrito. <laughs> That's very cute. Uh, and then there's, like, the classic shot of 
like the camera spinning around her and you like see out her window that the seasons are changing. I liked it. <laughs> I thought it was really well done. It I was, was like, it oh, was I'll good. I will say that I think that's probably the best way to sort of like turn into film so the like four blank pages with just the like month names on them. I and thought that was pretty good. And, I also, the, and the fucking music is like awesome in this whole movie. Yes, so, it like, is really good. What was the song playing during this scene? Because I feel like it was likely, but I wasn't sure. I think it is. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah, I I will say that the like the other thing that I appreciate about this shot is that like Bella's clothes don't change for the whole like rotation thing. Um mm-hmm. so it's like kind of it's I think it was like good symbolism of like her staying static while everything is like changing mm-hmm. around her. I also thought that Kristen Stewart's just like facial expression the whole time was really good because yeah. it was like blank but it wasn't blank in like a it was blank in like an empty way, and I yeah. thought it was really good. And I, I kind of liked the thing they did with her. I kind of liked the thing they did with her emailing Alice to I... give us her thoughts, because otherwise you would not. This book wouldn't make like it is this movie true. wouldn't make much sense. I feel like it's because, all in her head. Be, yeah, because the book is like because Edward isn't there, and there's so much less of her interacting with other people, and it's a lot of just like internal monologue. I feel like they did have to find some way to externalize I, that. So that I thought know it was a, going on. Yeah, I thought it was a good choice because it highlighted other aspects of what she's going through at that time too. Because by emailing Alice specifically, it highlights both like what she's yearning for. And, like, the life she lost and also, like, how left behind she is and how, like, completely gone from existence it is. Because every time she emails, she just gets the, like, return to sender. Like, they left her so thoroughly that that he made them all change their email addresses. I, the one thing that I will say that I don't like about this is that, like, in the book, Bella tries so hard to, like, she is avoiding so much like, any memory of any of the Collins, like, she won't let herself think about any of them. And so this felt a little, like, you're still, like, the whole point in the book is that she's, like, trying to prevent herself from ever even, like, thinking about, like, Edward or his existence or any of that because it's too painful. And I feel like there's no way for her to avoid thinking about Edward if she's, like, actively emailing Alice all of the time. Yeah, I agree, but I also see why they changed that, because there's no... I can't think of, like, any good way to no. portray avoiding something that is not there right. in in a movie in any sort of effective way. Because it's, like... In the book, you can show it, like, avoid by her constantly be like, I can't think about him. Right. I can't think this. But you can't really have that. And so then it would just be, like, nothing. It would just be her sitting there doing nothing. I guess, I guess, for yeah. For an entire it is, movie. It is perhaps a reasonable compromise, I think, considering that we do have to find some way to, like, understand Bella's interiority that, like, makes sense. I mean, I guess they could have just given her sort of, like, a thought voiceover, but I think it wouldn't have landed as well. Yeah, I think that would have been really awkward. Um, I think it's weird that the motorbikes are her neighbors because I feel like it would be way more. That's also not in the not in the regular okay. cut. Yeah, so in she, the regular cut, she says she found them from the junkyard. Yeah, she like steal. So the the extended like scene is that her next door neighbor is throwing out motorbikes, and I like just does she think that Charlie's not gonna notice that she takes them and puts them in the back of her truck? Especially because later when Jacob's unloading them, she's like, "Careful, they're heavy," and it's like, "How did you get them into your truck yourself?" Yeah, yeah, it, that part is not answered, but in the 
in the regular cut, that's not how she got them. She says she got them from the junkyard. Yeah. Um. So Charlie's like, you need to hang out with your, like, I'm going to send you to Jacksonville. You have to hang out with your friends. And she's like, I have plans with my friends. I'm going shopping with Jessica. They go to a movie. My favorite, maybe my favorite line in this whole movie is Jessica's like, <laughs> talking about the zombie movie that they go to see. And she's like, is it supposed to be some, like, like, um, like, message about consumerism and, like, what's this whole thing with, like, a parable about leprosy because my cousin had leprosy and it's not funny. Amazing. I thought that whole scene was so fucking good. I thought they captured Jessica so well. I thought so, too. I also love but... that you can, like, almost still hear her talking in the background as Bella tunes are out, which is, like, exactly what happens in the book. Is she just, like... Yeah, like, and I also just, like, love what she's saying, too. Just, like, her actual things. Like, yeah. she's just, like, some of these are fucking stupid and overdone, and here's why. And I'm just, like, this is so good. And then she starts... Well, then she does start, like, yelling at Bella for being depressed. She's, like, I get it. Like, I get that you're, like, depressed or whatever and I totally like totally feel bad for you but also like maybe you should just like stop and get over it um yeah well I think what she's yeah it, it is like it is like very classy Jessica but she also says like I have problems too like I haven't turned into whatever and she's like and you don't listen to me and she just goes it's very very accurate I feel like to her characterization so then they have a scene where they changed they changed this part a lot or she like she okay first of all they gave they decided to give a visual to the auditory hallucinations and robert pattinson is actually on set whenever they do those like he is actually there except that he has like a green screen behind him so they can then like make him him in afterwards but he is like there to give her like reference uh which is very interesting well so i actually think i don't like that they changed that like i don't like that she i didn't like it visual because the whole point is that she's not supposed to get a visual of him until she's almost drowning right Mm -hmm. like the whole impact of the of the like cliff jumping scene which we'll get some jumping ahead a little bit but in the book part of the whole impact of the like cliff jumping scene when she almost drowns it's the first time that she like sees a visual hallucination of edward because she is so close to death and that's supposed to like have strong impact and so it really like cuts that here when the first time she hears his voice he also just sort of like shows up like a weird little cgi ghost and then like dissolves into like a puff of ash it's it's fucking wild yeah i'm not a fan of it either um um the man on the motorbike looks more like a barista than a biker (laughs) um so yeah she like talks this guy and she actually like goes and rides on his motorcycle which is very funny and then she gets off and then um jessica's just like still waiting there for her yeah it's a lot they had to change well okay they're like they had to change the plot to make it make sense that she decides to randomly start riding motorcycles they were like her just randomly finding motorcycles and deciding i'm going to ride these made no sense so we have to give a reason so she rides a motorcycle and she likes it instead of it just being like i think i'll ride motorcycles now out of nowhere it's super goofy i didn't it was a really weird scene, and Jessica's so fucking pissed, which I don't blame her for. She's like, what's wrong with you? Are you a thrill seeker now? Like, can't you go bungee jumping, not get on the back of some rando's motorcycle? Which, fair. Yeah. And then we get uh, Jacob Black saying, oh. age is just a number, baby. Before he says that, however, Isabella Swan, a white woman, 
shows up to hang out with her friend Jacob Black, a native man. And he says to her, where have you been, loca? Why? Why is Jacob Black speaking Spanish? Why did they just give him one Spanish word and then nothing else for the whole rest of the movie? Do who? Reparations. Stephanie Meyer, reparations. I can't do it. I can't. Um, also, again, how did she get the bikes into the truck? Um, one second. What? One second. I'm just looking at something real quick. What are you... I was just looking to make sure that there's not, like, an alt, like, uh, another meaning for loca. No. Before we... Just because I know that he says some other words. Yeah, I, no, I just meant, like, I know he says some other words in the movies that are, like, actually, like, um, uh, Quilliet words, but that's not one of them. Nope. <laughs> but I was just double-checking, because I knew there was at least something. Um. Nope. Um, yeah. The- yeah, so, okay, also, so when he takes the motorcycles off the bike, I found out, so I found out how that was recorded, and it was, like, on, like, a pulley system, so, like, when he would grab them, it would, like, make it look like he could just easily pick them up and grab them, and they had this kind of funny scene where, like, Chris White's is showing him how to do it, and then Jacob's like, oh, they don't give me much help, do they? Judging by, like, how Chris White's looked, like, lifting them, and then Chris White's is like, no, they do give you a lot of help, it's super easy, that's what you call acting. Oh my god. <laughs> and it was really funny. Um, but he was really believably doing it, but yeah. I, so I actually like the scene where his, like, friends come in, because I think that's actually how high school boys interact with each other. God, it was so awkward. It was really- And I don't mean that in a bad way, I just mean it was, I don't mean that as a negative, it was just so awkward. It was, um- They were such fucking dorks, they, like. It's true, they were like, oh, is it true that you're, the, you're his girlfriend? And then he was like, I said she was a girl and that she was my friend. And then she's all like, oh, so you guys have girlfriends? And they're like, oh, 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 okay. Yeah. Um, also, much like in the books, Bella seems way happier hanging out with Jacob than she ever did with Edward. Mm-hmm. Like, she's, like, smiling and laughing, and there's, like, literally more light in the scenes. Yeah, she like-, like, she, like, frisbees Jacob a slice of pizza at one point. It's very cute. Um... I know that also, I know that people have night terrors, but knowing that it's Edward fucking Cullen that is making her, like, shriek at the top of her lungs is so fucking funny. Okay, and then I'm gonna talk about the deleted scene here, because it's so much, and this is where it goes. So, there's this scene that got deleted, and it is a dream sequence, and it's so wild. She, like, gets this clearing in the woods, and she goes out, and she sees her computer, and... There's, like, these gross bugs on it. There's, like, centipedes, and and they're, like, typing in an email to Alice. Giant centipedes. And then she, like, looks up, and she sees, like, a a mattress on the ground with, like, her laying on it, and Edward leaning, like, crouching over her, and then, um, like, a wolf standing nearby. And, um, so they... (laughs) And so she, like, approaches Edward, and she's all like, oh... Edward, he's like, that's not my name. <laughs> that's not my and name. She's like, hey, that's not my name. <laughs> Her name is Katie. I always say that. Although, yeah. Um, Katie White. Um, and then 
he's like, I'm nobody. And he's like, I'm you. And then she's like, what do you mean? He's like, I'm nobody. Like, basically just like, I'm a figment of your imagination. Like, you made me up. And he's just like, real weird and creepy. And she like, wakes up screaming. Well, he says, no, what he says is, I'm you. And then... And then Kristen Stewart says, and you're nobody, except when she says you're nobody, it's Robert Pattinson's voice. Some really high class editing happening here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're right. It, he turns into her and then says that. Yeah, and then she wakes up screaming, which in some aspects I'm like, okay, you kind of chain, like, I guess you kind of caught some aspects of Kristen Stewart, uh, of Bella Swan's psyche, but it's so weird. And I totally understand why they deleted it, but I think it's fascinating that they did it in the first place. It's fucking wild. Um, um, then they ran and then you gotta cycles. love Charlie. No, no, no. You gotta have that. You gotta talk about the scene with Charlie. Oh, yeah. Poor- it's cute. Charlie is like trying. Your scene was extended, but, our- but what both scenes have is a part where he says, Sometimes you gotta learn to love what's good for you. And I was yeah, like, after, so tr- after being so true, like, Charlie, you're a so lot true. happier with Jacob, aren't you? And she like nods and then he's like, sometimes you just gotta learn to love what's good for you. Which, fair. Like, um, yeah, true Charlie. Yeah, then they ride motorcycles. It's whatever. Okay, and they change they change a scene and it pisses me off. So they she sees the people cliff jumping mm-hmm. but they're not cliff jumping they're they, pushing one they of them off. One of them off a cliff. Who is like trying not to. And yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is this change? Why is it so weird and racist? Yeah. And Jacob's like, like yeah. and Jacob's like, they're not, they're not actually fighting, they're cliff jumping. And I'm like, no, that doesn't look like it didn't look like fighting or cliff jumping. It looked like them pushing somebody off a cliff. It was such a weird change. I don't know why they did it. That's weird. Um then they ride also, motorcycles. Bella looks so gay in the motorcycle. She does also, look super she, gay. Yeah, she it's... was not riding the motorcycle for real. She was getting dragged by a trailer, but <laughs> Jacob, but uh, Jacob was riding it for real. Good. Um, um, and it was a stunt double who got their head. Who like did the part where she? Yeah, hits her. She hits, hits her, her head, head on a rock. She looks straight up concussed. Like she is like eyes glazed over. Um. Oh, and then he oh. takes his shirt off to wipe the blood off her head and she delivers the line, you're sort of beautiful. Yeah, one of the scenes that gets cut out and I have no idea where it goes and I don't know who's riding the motorcycle, but they just cut out like just a, a scene that's just a motorcycle crash. Great. And I was like, Bella would be pissed that you cut this out. It's true. She would have um, wanted it so in the movie. The, 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 we get the scene um, where... They go to the movies and it just ends up being Wait. Jacob Mike and Well, they have the scene ahead of time where everyone's like, whatever, but we have only so much time we could talk about this movie. <laughs> the two things I want to say, though, are that the two movies that are proposed to be seen on this movie date are called Love Spelled Backwards is Love and Face Punch. That's it. That's all I had to say. Are those not? What are the names in the in the book? I don't rem- I don't think they have names in the book. Do they just say like the action and the romance I one? I think so. Because that sounds like something she would say. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they go to the fucking movies and it is so fucking perfectly captures the energy of the book scene. It's so I thought it was perfect. It was really I thought good. it was the most perfect version of that fucking scene where she's where they're just like fucking trying to one up each other in these really subtle, gross ways, and then she's sitting between them and both their hands are like turned up in case she wants to hold hands with them. And she just looks so unhappy. And oh god, it was perfect but then we get like the scene afterwards and that part was like 
It started off pretty accurate, like, even down to the marshmallow comment. Oh, yeah. But then they have Jacob, like, attack Mike. Yeah. Like, physically, like, attack him. And why did they change that? Because I think it's because it's supposed to indicate that the reason that he's sick is because he's turning into a wolf. Like, he gets irrationally angry and he's burning up because he's, like, approaching, like, like, wolf time. I, like, know that. Like, I know what they were doing, but I really don't like that change. Like, it makes him seem so much more, like, aggressive than he actually was. Or, like, dangerous in a way that he wasn't in... Because, like, in the book, if I recall, he just gets really sick and, like, and just, like, also is just, like, I don't feel good, I feel weird, I don't feel good, and then it's just, like, really yeah. sick. And so, I I don't know, I didn't like them making the, like, making him like that. I thought that was questionable. I felt like that was in poor taste. Um, and making the wolves even more like, oh, uh, just like the angry people or whatever. Um, also, I can't stop laughing at the fucking shirtless boy society. And I literally, I tweeted the wolf pack sprinted so the red circle could record. It's, like, it's true. It's, it's really true. Okay. Um, Taylor Lautner, have you seen a single man? No. I don't know if it'll track then, but Taylor Lautner's voice sounds like Nicholas Holt's American accent in that movie specifically. Um, I there was definitely a line somewhere in this movie that he delivered exactly like Cole Sprouse. Um, <laughs> I I wrote down what it was. I it, we'll find it. But um, the one thing that I want to say is that somewhere in the middle of of all of these scenes is a scene where Harry's going fishing with Charlie. And she's like, there's like some implication that they might not be safe because there's animals in the woods. And Harry Clearwater says, don't worry, Bella, the bears can't get me. My kung fu is strong. Yeah, that part was a lot. That felt like a very weird dad line. That's really bad. Um, so yeah, like we get to the scene where she like, whatever, she goes to see... Jacob, Jacob. and she hasn't really seen him like the rain and stuff and he's way to... meaner in the movie scene than he is in the book he like threatens her he's like don't come back here or you're gonna get hurt i feel like he kind of says that in the book i feel like he was pretty mean in that scene but i do think that in general they made him more of an asshole in the in the movie than he is in the book like watching the movie I did feel like they really played up, like, the worst aspects of Jake and played down the best aspects of him. And I did kind of feel like, I felt like he was pushier in the movies than he was in the books about their relationship. Like, in the in the movies, he he just, like, keeps trying to, like, hit on her and then never says any of the stuff that he says. Because, like, in the movie, in the books he's like yeah like if you don't want to be with me it's okay like to just be friends like i'm always gonna want to be your friend even if you never want to be with me like that's not you don't have to worry about that and he's like very reassuring about the like i am okay like you don't like just because i have a crush on you doesn't mean that i'm not gonna be be friends friends, even if you don't reciprocate it and they have him just be really pushy in the movie i feel like and i thought that was a disservice to jake's character but Um, it made me like realize how different people's perspectives might view jake very differently yeah uh okay so speeding up slightly she like goes for her weird woods hike laurent shows up he's like i'm gonna kill you because victoria's sad because edward killed her mate edward's weird apparition shows up and tells her a lie um, lie better lie better <laughs> Laurent almost kills her the wolves show up the CGI okay, wolves wait. are yeah, fucking t- terrible they are not good really, I do want to talk really about not. this scene with Laurent though I one again Bella's horny with everyone actually Every, everyone it is she's way hornier with everyone uh, than she is with Edward 
Uh, um, uh, Laurent's, I, like, face makeup is just a mess. It's a lot. It changes from scene to scene yeah. pretty drastically, mm-hmm. too. I do like him as Laurent a lot, though. Mm-hmm. I think he does a really good job. I, 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 this was one of the, they have way more sexual tension than she has. They really, they really do. It Um, has the kind of like classic vampire sexual tension, I feel like, in that Yeah, so he like backhands a wolf and then they chase him into the woods and then we get the scene, like Bella runs home and she's like, I saw wolves in the woods and Charlie's like, all right, cool. And then she goes to bed and she like having a nightmare about victoria and then she wakes up and then jacob parkours into her window (sighs) yeah um and there's a point at which she's sitting on he's sitting on her bed and he says the phrase you have no idea how tight i'm bound and i'm like this is a euphemism for something probably um Okay, this is the point at which I was looking. There was a shot of Taylor Lautner from the side where you can, like, see the tattoo on his shoulder cap that he apparently Mm -hmm. got after becoming a werewolf. And I said to Court as we were watching this, hey, do you think that there's anyone out there in the world who got this, uh, the, like, Jacob Black shoulder cap tattoo? Um, And that resulted in us descending into a Twilight tattoo rabbit hole, which I cannot advise any of you in good faith to go down it is horrifying there are a lot of really bad twilight tattoos out there including a lady who has an entire back piece that includes one bella swan one jacob black and three edward cullen faces why three couldn't tell you yeah so um then we get the scene where she, you know, he's like, oh, trying to figure it out, blah, blah, blah. And then he leaves. And the next day after she has this dream or whatever, she like, and something else is, whatever, something sets her off. So she goes down um, and to confront him. But then she like doesn't get a chance to. And then they get the scene where she's like, Paul gets like, Paul gets mad at her and turns into Wolf, but for like a different reason. Cause this time she like smacks him. Yeah. Which she does, does not happen in, hit him in, the the, in the books. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then that's when like Jacob also turns into werewolf. So she finds out by just like seeing it instead yes. of just figuring it out yes. by herself, which is a interesting change. Yeah. Um, and then they fight, and then Sam's like, take Bella to Emily's, and so they take yeah. her to Emily's, and she eats some muffins, and she's got some jokes about how vampires run fast, and Jacob is the only one, when when finally, when Jacob and Paul and Sam show back up, Jacob's the only one wearing a shirt. Yeah, no one wears shirts. Inexplicably. Um... Oh, it's this line when he like leaves her and she's like, so are we not like, so, so he drives her home after they explain that they're wolves and can read each other's minds and that Emily has face scars and whatever. Um, Taylor Lautner drives her home and she's like, oh, are we not hanging out anymore? And he's like, no, I've got a vampire to kill. And the way that he delivers the line, I've got a vampire to kill was just, just extremely emo jughead. Yeah. So then we get this scene where he's, uh, where Charlie's going to like hunt the the wolves or whatever, and Harry Clearwater is with him. Oh, this is a change that um, I hate. Yeah, I hate this change too. So simultaneously while this is happening, we also see Bella like getting ready to jump and stuff. And um so then so it's cut in between. And so they cut to like while they're doing like while they're it's like a very Harry Potter movie feeling. Yeah, actually. so simultaneously Harry Potter 
simultaneously, Charlie and Harry are hunting the wolves in the woods. The wolves are hunting Victoria in the woods, and Bella is... And Harry is covering up their tracks. Yeah, Harry's covering up their tracks. Bella's preparing to jump off a cliff. Um, But in this, like, Victoria, like... um, Gets Harry? Gets Harry. And then he, like... Or she doesn't, like, get him. She, like, is about to get him, and then the wolves, like, jump in front of him to save him. But he has, like, a heart attack, and that's how he dies. Which, so they completely mm-hmm. take out Leah's storyline. Yes, yes, that was my which, question. It's like, how are they going to reconcile this in the next movie? Which I don't even know how to feel about this. Because in some ways, I'm like, well, do I like that being Leah's storyline? Um, I don't know or if I do or not. But do I like this any better? I feel like it takes away a lot of the kind of, like, interesting parts about Leah's, yeah. like, character. And so it kind of, it bumps. So even though, like, I'm not sure if I like the storyline or not, I kind of do, like, in some ways. Like, I it's tr- it's... didn't. Because I think that it's interesting that, like. No, no, I mean, I like Leah's storyline. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't like the change. I mean, like, I, I, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying I can't decide if I like Leah's, like, act, original canon or not, mm-hmm. but I like it better than this. Than this, like, yeah. Um, okay, so then she, Bella jumps off the cliff. They lean way harder into this being, like, a straight-up suicide attempt um, in the movie than they do in the book. Um, um oh, also, when this was recorded, the stunt actress actually did a fucking 70-foot free dive whoa. into into a, an airbag. Dang. Like, jumped off a building into an airbag. Dang. Not attached to anything. Wild. Isn't that um, fucking wild? That is, that's fucking badass. Um, I know. And then Bella's drowning and Edward shows up and it feels very much like the naked underwater scene in Across the Universe. Mm-hmm. Um, Jacob saves her from drowning. He is not compressing her ribs nearly hard enough to give her CPR. Yeah. So then they get to the whole part about, um, you know, they get back home and then he's like, they have the like really horny scene. They actually kiss. Like Do their li- their lips touch. They don't like kiss. They get really close to each other's faces. Yeah, but like... their lips for sure touch. So it's like almost. A I kiss. don't think so. They I do. watched this scene like three times, <laughs> but it might have been like three different versions of it. Yeah. Because um, I watched it in the original and the extended, and it was also in like a deleted. It was like in a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but. They have this really, really, really horny scene. It's way hornier than anything Bell's ever done with with uh, Edward. But um, and then you know it's like the scene where Alice is there and oh, it's you're much talking faster. about the horny scene in the car. Yes, they do have a really horny scene in the car. They also have a horny scene in Bella's kitchen, which is when they actually like their their lips touch. But anyway, that's oh after yeah, Alice. I was talking about before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. sorry. Then they have that. the scene in the house, and then they have yeah, then they have the horny scene where they're like about to smooch fully but then the phone rings and blah 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 and alice so, shows up and blah 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 they and, like they, thank god they skip all the fucking airplanes yes it would have been a five-hour movie yes well the one thing that i will say is that so they just completely like take rosalie out of the situation there's like no mention of the fact that like rosalie is the one who like tells edward yeah that scene was con- that was a little confusing because she mentioned specifically that she didn't tell edward but then they don't explain like how? how he finds out you just like how see he finds him out crush his so my kind of hand. 
my guess is that maybe they'll t- they'll show it in the next movie. Like that'll come up then, maybe. or maybe they just or maybe they just skipped it because he just forgives her by the end of the book. Yeah. So then maybe they're just like, well, if it's just going to be forgiven like two chapters later, why bother to even including it? Fair enough. Yeah. So they just like skip which, to the like them in the yellow. Yeah. So Ferrari. they go to Volterra, which is actually in Italy, but for some reason, like no one's Italian, and it's. <laughs> strange like i don't get why none of the vampires are italian no, they have like a modern modern british accents and it's weird yeah um she runs through the fountain just as she does in the book she tackles him i was about to say sahana not that many people drive on the other side of the road we are with the majority of the world <laughs> <laughs> yeah i can't is referring to the fact that in my notes i was like uh is alice driving on the wrong side of the road in an american car and then we looked it up and she was in fact driving on the correct side of the road. Yeah, um, it's only like Japan and and England or British, you know, and India, that, and um, oh, and India. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, I say that this movie really gains from having Edward Japan. and Bella have as few interactions as possible. She like tackles him; he looks really sweaty, but he like gets out into the sun first. He does, which I thought. But, but he's like standing... gave me big beginning. It gave me really big beginning of the third Harry Potter movie vibes where I'm like, you just did the thing that I guess like a minute later you told us you can't do. So yeah. in reverse, mm-hmm. like, because he does show himself in front of a giant crowd, just yeah. like, I guess only one person saw it. It was a child. Yeah. So I have to imagine that Volturi murdered that child. Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> you, we do see a child making his way into the chamber when they are later, you know. Yeah, probably that probably fucking that child. child. Um. And then they, so they have the, like, whole conversation about how, like, he never actually, like, didn't love her. He was lying so that she could get over him because he was leaving to protect her. Like, in the book, they have this conversation after they go back to Forks, but they have this conversation immediately after she tackles him. Like, he does not go through the whole, like, oh, I must be dead and this must be, like, he says, this must be heaven one time. Then he's like, oh, wait, no, you're actually alive. Instead of just assuming that he must be dead and it's, like, a perfect recreation of, of like, Bella. I, anyway. Yeah. I thought that was, like, a good choice, though, instead of making us yeah. do the same fucking conversation four times. But, again, I think that what happens is that it loses a lot of its emotional impact. Um, oh, I'll agree with you there. Yeah. There, Although I don't think it had much emotional impact to begin with. Yeah. Then there's a makeout scene that has a bunch of, like, cuts in it, which is why. Um... They get taken, the Volturi guards show up, they get in an elevator, there's opera playing in the elevator, Dakota Fanning's smoky eye is really bad. Um, <laughs> How did you feel about the Volturi? Why does Aro, this, this fucking Nosferatu looking ass bitch, like, why, isn't he supposed to be, like, fairly reasonably good looking? Like, aren't they she all... She calls them specifically not good-looking. Like, she says he has, like, oniony, papery skin, but they just, like, She says him... that he's not good-looking, but his features are technically, like... Like, they're technically, like, symmetrical and... Like, I just thought they enough. kind of made him look like a craven old... He, he Like, he literally looks like Nosferatu. I <laughs> thought that it was kind of what he was supposed to look like. Okay. Um, I thought I thought Michael Sheen fucking killed it. <laughs> I thought he was amazing. I as, did think I did think that his like yeah his acting was good. I, I thought, thought he was he like captured... sufficiently very like like discomforting and creepy. I thought he captured Arrow's fucking weird ass energy perfectly. Yes. I also thought that okay the actor who played Marcus 
like every time I heard him talk about his character in interviews, he has like such a good hold on that character. Like it was very fascinating. Like hearing him talk about the power and like and like his backstory and everything. Is he the and, one that like, can like see relationships? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like hearing him talk about just his very few lines in there was like and what everything he thought was going on in like Marcus's head was like really fascinating. I was like, damn dude, you really got this. Yeah. Um I didn't like any of the other ones. No, much, there's like, and then there's like a whole fight in the Volturi chamber. Why is Dimitri, who's in Italy, a fucking British person? I, listen, I couldn't tell you. Um, the I love that Aro pronounces her name Isabella. It's <laughs> it's the best thing in the whole movie. Oh my gosh. Um. And then they, some stuff happens. I don't really care. It's all bad. Um, Dakota Fanning is the best part of this whole scene. No, she's the worst part of this scene (laughs) by far. She literally says pain out loud when she does her power. She's like, pain. Pain. It's so Well, she says it really flatly. It's just, it is the most fun to watch. Um... Yeah, some stuff happened. I found I found Michael Street way more fun to watch than anyone else in this scene. Uh, Dakota Alice- Fanning was so bad. <laughs> um, they're like, yeah, duh, they're gonna they're about to kill Edward, and then she's like, don't kill Edward, kill me, and then Alice is like, don't kill any of us, we're gonna turn her into a vampire, and then they leave. Um, and then they're just miraculously back in forks. Yeah, and then. I don't like that they took out them asking Bella to join the Volturi. Yeah, I thought that was... Because he did say, like, oh, you'll have, like, really remarkable... I'm like, I can't wait to see what your gifts are once you're turned into a vampire. But that they don't ask her to join is interesting. Also, they don't like, ask the whole, any of them to join. The whole, like, fight scene and the almost killing Edward, like, none of that happened. Yeah, none of that happened. Um, They anyway. totally changed her scene with Charlie, but, like, for the better. They make Bella much nicer to Charlie yeah. in, the, in the movies where she's just like, I'm sorry... I will say that I'm sad that they took out the scene where Charlie yells at Edward because he, like, brings her home prostrate in his arms because she hasn't slept. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with you. I would love to see Charlie. They're making him much more genial in this. Um, Her telling Edward to shut up was really good. Yes. Um, Everyone's hair in the voting scene is really bad. They have it her idea to be the to wait until after graduation to make it easier on Charlie, which is another way they make her nicer to Charlie and this. Yeah. That she's actually the one who cares about it. Um, and then again, they make Jake way more of an asshole in yeah, the fucking so, movies. Yeah, there's like the end scene where like Jake goes to talk to Edward and instead of like coming to her house, he just like stands in the middle of the road waiting for them to drive up, I guess. Um, and I thought it was super gross that they added in that Bella asks Edward to read Jacob's mind. She's like is he gonna hurt me? Read his mind, tell me. And then she like goes to talk to him. And she's like, This is this is actually, I don't remember if this is how it happens in the book, but this felt really egregious when she was like, um, like, I love you. Like, please don't make me choose between the two of you because I'm gonna choose him. It's always gonna be him. Can't you just settle for being second choice? Mm-hmm. Like it felt, I don't think that it's quite that awful in the book. Yeah, I don't... Mm. Like, it's pretty bad, but I don't think it's as bad as her explicitly saying, don't make me choose because I'm going to choose him. I think it is. I can't remember fully, but I feel like it's just as bad. Um, 
And then, and then I, the, the last, I hate the last At least part. her thoughts are, I have a hard time. Yeah. And then he like asked her to marry him. And but there it's is. Just, it's super awkward. And the like, well, most. It just takes forever. The most pregnant pause. He's like, she I'll do it myself. In the way ever. Yes. He's like, I'll, I'll change you myself. And there's one condition. She's like, what's the condition? And then he pauses for like probably a full 15 seconds. And is like, marry me. And then it cuts to And then she's, wait, and no, and then she's like. <gasps> and then it cuts It's to so goofy. Yeah. Um, that's, oh boy, that's it. That's all she wrote. Yeah, let me look at my bonus notes. So, um, yeah, because a lot of this is stuff that, like, got cut out. Yeah, the motorcycle scene was so weird. The dream sequence was so weird. Um, they cut out this scene, this very weird scene with Victoria in the car talking to these people she had bitten who were like there, and she's like, "Yeah, me and James like to play hide and seek. He was really good at finding, but I was really good at hiding. What? But sometimes I'd let him catch me just for fun, like just talking about her kink to these people, and then she just like kills them while driving. It's a whole thing. Great." Um, Stephanie Meyer said that about Team Everett versus Team Jacob, one, that she is Team Jacob, and two, that she says that she finds two good guys against each other more interesting than, uh, a good guy and a bad guy. Okay, couple of questions. Stephanie Meyer is Team Jacob? Stephanie Meyer- She says that Meyer... if it were her, she would be Team Jacob. Jesus. That's more the type she goes for. Huh, alright, well- uh, then why write um, this, you, you, ma'am? So um, Nikki Reed, though, I don't know if you saw my tweet about this, but Nikki Reed fucking rules. They asked Nikki Reed about, uh, so Nikki Reed, who plays Rosalie, yeah. uh, for her take on Team Edward or Team Jacob. She says that, she goes, Edward is a metaphor for dangerous, unhealthy, obsessive love. Um, Hell yeah, Nikki Reed. Um, and then she says that she's only dated Edwards and she thinks that it was a big mistake. Damn. Um, and I'm just, and they fucking left that shit in there. And I was like, good. that's so good. I was like, I was like, okay, I'm now convinced that Nikki Reed was the only correct person to play Rosalie. I wasn't before, but now I am. Yeah. Um. I always, there's sitting, always like a, like 0.1 second where I'm like, is that Anna Paquin? And it never is, but you know no definitely not and then they have this part where she where they're like asking all these different people in line for like if they're team whatever and someone goes team alice and then all her friends are like oh and it's so good um but also i am not a fan of the way the adults in this movie were talking about taylor lautner who is 17 in this movie uh-huh. And especially Rachel Lefevre, whatever her name is, the one who plays Victoria, Uh she, the way she talks about Taylor Lautner makes me so uncomfortable. And I'm like, I'm glad you're not on the next movie because the way you're talking about this child is creepy as fuck. Is she, wait, does someone else play Victoria in the next movie? Yeah, fucking, um, is it Bryce Dallas Howard? Oh, I think you're right. Yeah, it's Bryce Dallas Howard who takes over the role. Dang. Um, I don't know exactly why. I can't remember, but um, I I don't think I have any other thoughts about this movie. Oh, I think well, it's... I still have more things. Sorry. Oh. Um. Yeah. 
Well, because I watched all of this fucking content, but some of it, a lot of it, already told you. But I just want to look. She refers to when she's talking about Taylor Lautner not knowing if he could do this role in this movie. She says, and I quote, "Does he have that darkness? Like, like, does he have that darkness in him? Like, God. like fucking dark Jacob and dark Betty. Dark um, Betty. Wow." Yeah, so apparently all the extras in the Italy scene were, like, contest winners and shit. Oh my god. Um, which, also, those were the last. Okay, also, they have these weird Twilight versions of music videos, um, because all of the music in this movie was original for the soundtrack, none yes. of it was recorded before, and it's by artists like, uh, Anya Marina, Death Cab for Cutie, Tom York, uh, Bon Iver and St. Vincent, um, just like Seawolf, some other bands. There's like, like a really... couple of Seawolf songs in this movie. I thought there was only one, but I could be wrong. Um, yeah, it's like a fucking powerhouse fucking soundtrack. Like I know people always talk about how good the Twilight soundtracks are, but New Moon in particular slaps really hard. I think is it. I don't know if it's this movie or if it's Eclipse that has a. There's a Paramore song that I like very distinctly remember I know the, the first Twilight cut of the video for. I know the first one does, but yeah, Anya Marina uh, and Death Gift for Cutie have Twilight themed music videos and the bonus features. Dang. Did you um, watch them? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I watched everything. Um, yeah, the director about the soundtrack says that he thought he can make the greatest breakup mixtape of all time, and like, honestly, probably did a pretty good job. Mm, not so bad. <laughs> um... Also, Anna Marina doing a concert goes, you can relate to the song. You all remember that time you were in love with the vampire but couldn't tell anyone? But then <laughs> but then he left you, but it was for your, but it was for your own good because he was going to kill you. Mm-hmm. And the music supervisor said, who better than Death Cab to write about emotional distance? I mean, truly. I can't think um, of anyone. Just two guitars and a whole lot of wine. Also, a very wild part that the director says is, they were attempted to use recordings of the fans screaming as the screams of the people getting killed by the Volturi. God. <laughs> That's amazing. I wish they had done that. That would have been really good. Oh, oh, I thought it was amazing. And then Robert Pattinson said about this movie says that all he does in this movie is put on clothes. It's true. And I, thought I love was... him like walking out of the chamber in Volterra like wearing like a red cape. It's so much. Oh, also an interesting fact is that Chris picked out, the director picked out Latin phrases to put in the Volturi lair that are like, your death is our life and art is longer than life and stuff. That's e like animals. <laughs> um, but yeah, the stunts were pretty cool to see how they were doing it. Um, but that doesn't transfer so much to me describing it out loud. I think I got pretty much all of the big things but yeah yeah so we have a lot of questions though from people from our lovely fans oh boy okay lay them on me okay are we gonna do all of them yeah we yes how many are there like less than 10 all right lay it on me um if offered a seat in the volturi would you take it and why I think, like, if I were, like, a vampire, I might, but I don't know. If I were already a vampire, maybe, but as a mortal, no. Like, the idea of being eternally trapped inside of my own brain sounds miserable, so no. That's true. I would not want to become a vampire. No. But if I were already a vampire, 
I don't know if I I think I feel like I want to act like I would be like no fuck leadership whatever, but I feel like I have to live forever. No. I Listen, might as well, yeah. Might as well buy into like vampire monarchy. Yeah, so we're both shitheads, so yeah, we would. <laughs> um what cocktail? Okay, so oh, sorry. And that was um from at fuck Voyanging. Voyanging? I'm sorry. You asked several questions and I don't know how to say your handle. Uh V O Y A N G I N G. Voyanging? Probably I don't know. Gang. Okay. So that this is embarrassing for us. Um so uh 44th Pilot asks, what cocktail and sandwich would you pair with each book and movie you've read slash watched so far? What? Ooh. I don't know how many cocktails, so I would be really bad at this. Um The first one's like a fucking like vodka crayon and like it's yo, it's for sure a vodka. <laughs> I think it's I think it's for sure a vodka crayon and like um, a grilled cheese. Actually, I want to say that's that's a chaotic combination. So um, is the first movie. It's true. Um, the second one, I would say maybe oh, cocktail is like I feel like it's like a Manhattan. You know? No, it's a Long Island. It it just fucks you right for this, up. For this one? For the second? Yeah. Yeah, New Moon is a Long Island. Hmm. I feel like it's like... I'm going more with the closer to, I feel like, where you were starting with. I don't feel like it's Long Island, because Long Island to me are, like, fun. They're, like, a thing you do when you want to get, like, fucked up cheaply. Yeah, that's fair. This oh. felt like a... This felt... Okay, so this felt movie... like a whiskey... Like, it's like a whiskey Coke to me. Oh, see, I like a whiskey drink. So this, that, like, I feel like, what, what drink do you start drinking and you're excited about it and then halfway through you're like, I can't fucking do this anymore and you just, like, take little baby sips to be able to finish it. Oh, it's like, it's, uh, it's my, it's my relationship with Two Hearted. Which is that it tastes like dishwater. It's awful, but I, in college, my freshman and sophomore year of college, pretended to like it to impress people, and I'm really glad that I've grown out of that stage of my life. Too hard is fucking It's awful. It tastes like dishwater. It's very bad. I also think I just don't like Bells in general. I love Oberon. I think Oberon's one of the most overrated beers. I love Oberon. I don't even, I don't dislike it. I just think it's incredibly overrated. Like, I, think, I don't think it's significantly different from New Moon. Not New Moon. Blue Moon. <laughs> Sorry, from Blue Moon. I like it because it's just like a nice, crisp, like easy drinking citrusy summer beer. Um, it's just more expensive than Blue Moon. Yeah, but it. I, maybe, maybe it's because Oberon holds nostalgia for me. Um, yeah. Well, anyway, what's our what's our new moon sandwich? Um. Okay. Well, I'm still going with Twilight being a uh, grilled cheese, so I'm gonna go with. I'm sticking with whiskey coke because I actually didn't dislike the movie, but it also left a kind of gross taste in my mouth, which I think whiskey coke does. Mm. Um. I. And just the aesthetics, but anyways. Um. I think that the for the sandwich, I think it's just like a really like boring. Like, like ham and cheese on Wonder Bread, like no condiments. I disagree. 
I'm trying to think. Actually, I took away the PBJ from the first one. I'm going to go with the PBJ for this one. All right. What's our next question? Yeah, we didn't do the books, because, the movies, because that's like too much. Sorry. Um, uh, from the same person who I can't pronounce. Do you think Stephanie Meyer improved in realism or just plain artistic skill between Twilight and New Moon? No. We talked about that a lot on the podcast. Yeah. I think she improved between New Moon, Twilight and New Moon. I think New Moon was better than Twilight. I think it. I think her I, writing. Okay, I think her descriptive writing in the first in Twilight was better, but I think I found New Moon way more tedious to read. I'll agree with you there, but I think that's also partially because we read it in such an extended time period. Like, I actually took, think that we read it in such an extended time period because I found it so tedious to read. Well, that's a. That's going to make me question a little bit. You're, you're, oh, I can't, I don't have time to read in the next three weeks. Uh, not just because I find it really boring and I don't I mean, it's, it. it's like little column A, little column B. My life is a constant nightmare, but also like reading New Moon was a nightmare. So what's the next question? Um, if you can make one change to the playlist, what would it be? I don't know that I would make a change to the playlist. I might have less Lincoln... Like, like the book playlist or the movie soundtrack? The book playlist. Oh, I don't remember what's on the book playlist. We talked about it on the, we talked about it on the, on the last episode. Yeah, we did. But what would we, what would you change? I don't know. I think it was, I, what was the, there's like a lot of Muse on there, isn't there? Is there a My Chemical Romance song on there? I think there should probably be one of those. I don't think there is. Yeah, that's my change. I'm adding. I don't care which one. Um, Vampires will never hurt us. That's the one. That's what should go on there, obviously. I think I would take out Your Mama by Fatboy Slim. (laughs) And I think my reasons are clear. Yeah, all right. Fair enough. Um... Okay, same person who I can't pronounce. Why... Where are you now, having seen the startings of this eternal feud, if you had to pick Team Edward or Team Jacob, and why? I'm still firmly Team Jacob I, between those two. I think I have been swayed uh, that I am I am Team Jacob now, if and I had to choose between the two. Jacob mostly is, like, not that bad, and the ways he is bad are, like, are like ways that he can grow out of, and I have reasonable expectation to believe that he might that grow he out could, of. Yeah, because he's a sixteen-year-old boy and not a hundred and nine-year-old man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and I think he's an asshole in the way that I think a lot of us were assholes as teens that we can like learn from. Yes, uh, and also he's like warm and kind and nice, and the yeah. only person she ever seems happy around. It's true. Yeah, I was I was gonna say like I they cut out sort of like the family dinner scene from the book where like Charlie and Bella like have dinner with like Billy and Jacob and Harry mm-hmm. and everybody. Um, but I think that's also like yeah, like Jacob has like a reasonably supportive community around him that could like teach him how not to be a shithead. And I think like Edward's family is nice, but I don't think they like care about his behavior enough to encourage him not to be an asshole. Yeah. Um, second to last question. At the end of season two, do y'all think any of the characters other than Charlie have a newly found lick of common sense? No. 
No, I yeah. don't. I, Rosalie, I still, Rosalie, maybe. Maybe, maybe Rosalie. Yeah, at the very end where she's like, I'm voting no because I would have wanted somebody to vote no for me. And especially, I think, in Eclipse after you sort of, like, hear her story, perhaps her motives make more sense. But I still think that the only person with any amount of common sense is is uh, Charlie Swan. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, uh, oh, yeah, sorry. That question um, was from Dusex. Men- oh fuck! I can't pronounce anyone's fucking usernames. I think it's valiant Monica? that you're attempting to pronounce people's Twitter handles. So like, so like, do you like how you normally expect it to be, and then X, and then M A N I C H A. It's Z though. Um, like they they asked us a question. Thank you, Z. Um, but then okay, last one back um from Lex. So forty fourth pilot. Um. At this point in the series, how much does Stephanie Meyer owe Sahana in reparations? Oh my god, wait, like hundreds of thousands of dollars. I feel like from this point forward, having been subjected to Stephanie Meyer's just absolutely egregious racism, I feel that I should be owed 50% royalty of every future sale of any Twilight product. So whatever that comes out to. That's amazing. And I feel like okay. 50% is generous. So. <laughs> to you specifically. Uh, no, I'm saying that I probably could ask for more and I'm being generous to Stephanie Meyer. No, no, I meant like that That 50% of the sales should go to you specifically. Oh, yeah, to, yeah. to me. But like pre-tax. Uh, um, yeah, so that was the last question. Thank you uh, all for asking questions. Yeah, I appreciate it. thanks. Uh, mm-hmm. Thanks for listening to us. Yellow so, how do you feel leaving New Moon behind? How do you feel about how do you feel differently about it now than you did when you were younger? Um, I think it like I think it had a much like greater emotional impact on me as a teenager. Like, I really think that I like felt Bella's loss pretty. Like, I think I like took it personally. Um, oh, I definitely did as a teenager reading the book, and I think as an adult, I'm just like good fucking riddance, get out of there. Well, I think that's what I meant by when I said that I think the movie is what I liked about it as a teen because I felt like the movie took itself really seriously, mm-hmm. and it like took the characters really seriously, which felt really goofy to me as an adult because I was like, these characters are so ridiculous, but yeah. it doesn't have enough, but it doesn't have enough melodrama to make it like, because yes. like to me it was like. The, the characters' actions and decisions were melodrama, but it was not shot in a way that was melodrama. Which I so think it is... felt very bizarre to me, but right. I feel like that's what I thought about it, like, that as I, a teenager. I think that's actually a really good read on it, because I think, like, rereading the book as an adult, all of the drama does feel, like, really overdramatic and melodramatic, and you're just like, Bella, fucking calm down. All right? But then watching it as, like, watching it as an adult... It felt almost as though, like, the melodrama had been muted, which is, I think, maybe why I was so bored by it. Because I was like, I just, like, don't feel sort of the tremendous emotion that Bella is constantly talking about experiencing, where she's either, like, 100% completely numb to the world or, like, always an absolute abject emotional turmoil. Like, I feel like when I watched it, though, I feel like I would have liked this movie more and felt a lot more impacted by it. Um, in two 
like when I was a teenager if I had seen it then. Mm-hmm. And I also because I think I was taking it seriously then, like in in a way that the movie was taking it seriously mm-hmm. in in certain ways that now I just can't. Yeah. And I also think that there is something to be said that we watch it in a way that like doesn't actually allow us to like experience the film in the same way because like we are watching it to like take notes and watching it to like react to it in mm-hmm. a certain way that I think sometimes takes away from it. Um, and that's not so, like, that's just, like, a thing about any movie that I do, like, watch for a podcast. Like, I always think it's just kind of, like, something about it ruins the experience, which is why I usually like to watch it twice. Once where I'm just, like, I'm taking this in, and yeah, once where I'm, like, actually time. taking notes. I but I did not, I did not do that this time. I was gonna I say, I don't think I could have subjected content. myself to this movie twice. I didn't think it was anywhere near as bad as you <laughs> think it is. I'm, like, kind of confused of why you hate it so much. Cause, like, I just, I, I feel like at worst it was, like fine like i i think i just like found it i think it's the gap between like the level of emotion and like melodrama that bella sort of like dictate dictates to us through her internal monologue in the book and the sort of like i don't know i i feel like it was just lacking that in the i don't i i didn't i didn't enjoy it yeah i mean i I don't think think i like loved it or anything but i think like, like i think I I watch a bad movie to appreciate how bad it is. Like, I think I get some enjoyment out of, like, how ridiculous it is. And I think I got that from Twilight because you get things like it's the fluorescence, which are just absolutely egregious. And I think there was less of that in this movie. So this wasn't, like, comically bad. It just felt, like, boring and bad to me. Yeah. Well, and I think that's partially because we're not, like, the audience. Yeah. You know, like, we are not so much the intended audience for this anymore yeah and i feel like because i really do feel like as a teenager i wouldn't have liked twilight original as much as i like twilight originally like because it's so fucking ridiculous and it feels almost like not like a parody of twilight in any way but like it feels like so excessive and and I think that reading the books now as an adult, I feel like they're really excessive. But as a teenager, I did not think of them as excessive. I don't think I thought that they were excessive as a teenager. Um, so I feel like New Moon would have spoken to me a lot as a teenager because it took itself so seriously. Yes. And I think as an, an adult, it can be kind of boring because like, I don't I think all their actions are ridiculous. Yes. I don't but think like, as I a teenager, I didn't like, feel like they were Intensity ridiculous. of emotion um, in such sort of like a like a raw and penetrating way as I did when I was a teenager, which is why maybe this doesn't quite land for me anymore. But yeah, we did it. We have made it through New Moon. Um, we done did the thing. Do we have any last thoughts? I'm launching on the 22nd, hopefully, a new podcast, uh, Queers on Film, where it's me and other queer people talking about um, each week a new guest will talk to me about their queer movie of choice. Um, I've recorded many episodes already, but I'm going to be releasing uh, in about 10 days or probably less when you hear this, probably like a week. So check that out. Queers on film. You can follow it on Twitter at queers on film or email me if you're interested in participating at queers on film pod at gmail.com. So yeah, I'm really excited to launch that. Cool. I have nothing to plug except that I need a copy of Eclipse. So if anybody wants to you don't Sponsor. own a copy of Eclipse? I do not own a copy of Eclipse. Okay. Well, we can talk about that, but yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for watch- getting through this fucking thing with me. We're done now. We killed it. It's over. A whole new book with way more colons in it to get to. <laughs>
right. Uh, we love you. Thanks for listening. We'll be back when we're back. All right. Bye. Bye, babies.